You're listening to the Build Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Midco SN is proud to bring you the region's best coverage of University of North Dakota athletics, including four more live games this week. It all starts with UND men's and women's basketball against Omaha on Wednesday and Thursday nights and concludes with UND hockey again versus Omaha this weekend. It is all on Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shapes Podcast, episode 22 of this season. Taping this on a Monday afternoon, January the 6th, after a very successful weekend for UND Athletics. A lot of good things to get to here in a bit. Alex Seinert, Build Shaves with you. Happy New Year, Bill. First pod in 2020. We made it. I know. We uh, Is it true that we're starting the decade? I mean, I've heard, I've read some things that are we really ending the decade or are we starting the decade? I'm not going to get into that whole deal, but let's just say that we're starting the new year with the pod. That is a safe, accurate thing to say. I will, I will, that's a good, safe thing. Let's stay safe. <laughs> just like going out on New Year's Eve, stay safe. Stay safe. Did you make it to midnight, Bill? On January, on December the 31st. Oh, no, 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 um, no. Um, and by choice, uh, certainly by choice. Uh, normally, I'll maybe watch the ball go down in New York, but I didn't even I don't even think I made it there. And, and so and it was OK. I had others in the Chaves household that was carrying that uh, torch. You know, I kind of passed that along to my kids at this point. So from what I understand, we made it. And away we go. That sounds that sounds good. I think that's a good plan. That sounds a lot like our family. It, I feel like New Year's Eve is a bigger deal when you're younger because it's such a cool thing. You never get to stay up that late and your parents let you make it to midnight. And then after a while, you know, it kind of becomes less of a thing. And we we we, saw, we watched the ball drop in Nova Scotia. We didn't even make it past 10 o'clock. <laughs> we picked Atlantic time to start 2020. But uh, yeah, fun, fun to usher in a new year, fun to have a new month on the calendar. And, and fun to have, you know, conference play going on for all of our sports. Again, we're going to touch on a great weekend for hockey and men's and women's basketball on the way. You today, we're recording in the afternoon because you just came from the funeral service of Lil Schweigert, who meant so much to the UND and Grand Forks community. You mentioned a moment ago, pre-pod, that you feel like the entire town of Grand Forks was out in support of Lil here today. Yeah, there was no business being done, uh, certainly this morning. And, uh, and, and Bubba... Uh, gave uh, about about five to seven minutes uh, on his brother and uh, he just did a fantastic job and you know he was just loved you can just tell you know he cared about everyone else and uh, as we said last week you know um, you know he was just so thoughtful about when he said something he had thought it through it was not off the cuff and so um, you know now he may not have had let's just say all of the details or information but that but, but what he had at that point he was willing to share and uh, you know I, I think I heard it over and over again you know always kind of the first one first one there last one to leave always to kind of clean up and make sure every everything was uh you know where it should be and just uh we'd be a lot better place if there were many more Lowell Schweigerts in the world you want to obviously pay homage to someone that was so great and it, these services you know it's it's hard when you lose someone like this but it is also great to hear some of those stories from his life and be able to remember and reminisce with with family and with friends and hopefully it becomes a time of celebration of, of a great man that did so much for so many people yeah, it was unexpected for sure, right? I, I, I guess I was walking out of the church and I, I was thinking that is that no matter what age it is, when it's unexpected, that's when it probably jolts you more. And uh, but 
you know, all of us at this point in time, we don't know when that day is. And so, uh, you know what, this just in, let's just, uh, you know, live, live each one, uh, you know, literally like there's no tomorrow and, uh, be kind, be kind to people. Yeah. Be kind. Absolutely. That's a good, a good thing to have in mind as we start this new year. Um, a lot of great tributes to Lowell around UND athletics this weekend at the various events. Uh, a lot of tributes for Hunter Pinky as well. Uh, we talked about Hunter last week on the podcast, of course, and it, it's, if you want to keep up to date with this story, um, Hunter's mom, Katie Pinky, is very active uh, on, on Twitter and on Facebook, and she's always posting updates of how things are going. Uh, it was great to see a number of our student athletes, either Colorado residents that visited Hunter or Colorado uh, visitors, our women's basketball team that was out there playing Denver, stopped by the hospital and got to sing the fight song with Hunter and just check in. Uh, there were banners, a Pinky Strong banner at the men's and women's basketball game at the Betty on Sunday with some of his friends just showing support. It's been great to see the community continue to rally around. They've raised over $130,000. I haven't checked in the last couple of days, but it's been incredible to see the support uh, for this young man and his family who's going through a severe spinal cord injury and has a, a long road ahead to recovery. Yeah, he's got a long road ahead, but his attitude is just, uh, you know, just spectacular and just, uh, you know, he, he's, we always knew he'll do special things. He's going to, uh, do special things, uh, um, and, you know, as we move forward and, uh, you know, you're right, he's got that, you know, uh, initial right now, uh, that road to recovery where, um, you know, he's going to just kind of figure out, you know, how, how does he move forward on a, on a day-to-day basis? And, but he's got thoughts about, you know, I think bigger, bigger picture and plans and, uh, uh, excited to see what Hunter, Hunter Pinky does, uh, as we, uh, as we continue to turn, uh, calendar pages. Yeah, I think we all are, certainly. Best of luck and best wishes, of course, to Hunter and his family uh, during this time following a tough accident out in Colorado. This past weekend, as we turn our attention to action on the ice and on the court, you know, four home events for North Dakota Athletics and four successful events. And even before that, with, with the basketball teams on the road, there was a great tweet from Mitch Wignis this morning of a young lady holding a giant donut. And he said, this is the amount of wins or the amount of losses, excuse me, that our teams have in conference play right now, unbeaten across hockey, men's and women's basketball. Obviously, there have only been four games on the hoop side, but still pretty impressive right now for the UND Athletics and the winter sports scene, Bill. Yeah, you can't really do much better than that for sure. Now there's a whole long way to go. So, uh, and, and again, I, I'm not saying that Mitch is incorrect. He's correct. I mean, factually correct, but uh, but we just, uh, you know, a good start. Uh, obviously, uh, if we talk hoops first, uh, to go on the road, it, it doesn't matter. Anytime you're playing a team that is zero and zero, because that's what both of those teams are at that point in time, it's tricky. And, you know, uh, teams want to get off to a great start on their home court. And so to get a sweep at Denver, I thought was very impressive for both basketball teams. And then to come home and protect home court, which is obviously the goal of, you know, everybody in the league is always trying to do that, right? Protect home court, maybe win half your games on the road or sneak a few out. Uh, but it's tough to, 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 uh, to win on the road. And so uh, to start uh, both teams like that, I think is great and sets up for an exciting week this week as uh, uh, we uh, host uh, Omaha on, uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, the men on Wednesday, the women on Thursday, and then, uh, and then head out to, uh, to Tulsa for, for a, a doubleheader on Saturday. Yeah. Exciting stuff. The women got the 2020 athletics year, I guess, off on the right foot with that win on New Year's Day. And this is a team on the women's side that's now 11 and four after the win against Purdue Fort Wayne on Sunday, scoring 90 points 
in conference play in both of those outings. Uh, they're just filling it up right now, and they are really fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching them play on Sunday. It's a team that gets up and down the floor, shoots a lot of threes, and has fun playing with each other, and has great effort on both ends of the floor. And that's and, and are winning right now. That's all you can ask for about a club. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like on that team, it seems like truly you don't know who your top three scorers are going to be in any in any game. But truly, you don't. And it, it might come down to matchups. It could come down to just who's hot that day. And so, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch because there's just a lot of weapons that Coach Brewster has uh, at his disposal. Certainly height, some size, but also like to shoot it. And so, uh, um, I do know this, though. I, I think uh, he's been very consistent to say it's about pace of play, right? I mean, uh, it's, 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 that's, that's kind of what this team wants to do is to get up and down a little bit and really make the make uh, other teams go and uh and we've been successful the first two games for sure yeah they have certainly done a nice job of creating more possessions with that pace elena jarnett is the perfect point guard for that system because she is lightning quick and she's got more confidence this year in her second year with the program you mentioned different players coming up big on different nights and not really knowing who to focus on you know julia uh, julia fleece had 17 points in that win against denver and kind of led the way from the inside and then the sunday game against purdue fort wayne and were the freshman kids lily keplin with 22 she hit five three-pointers megan zander was kind of in the same boat with 18 points the freshman kids on the outside really stepped up we uh val sussex and i during the broadcast or, or pre-broadcast as we we're talking about what players do we want to focus on we just couldn't pick we couldn't pick one how, how you don't you have no idea who's going to step up because there are seven or eight kids at any given night that could go off for 25 and that's the the beauty of this north dakota team this season yeah it is interesting i i, I don't know what you do as an uh as an opponent really i mean you, you've got to start thinking through you actually have to know tendencies of at least 10, 10 players. Mm. And that's, that's difficult. It might even be more, honestly. And uh, <laughs> so it, it just, it's, it's exciting, um, fun to watch. And so, uh, yeah, come on out. Wednesday and Thursday should be a lot of fun. Uh, come, come watch us uh, play on the men's side on Wednesday and uh, the ladies' side on Thursday. Yeah, the women get an Omaha team that are coming off a big win for them uh, against Oral Roberts to improve to one and one in conference play. Omaha didn't make the Summit League postseason tournament last year, but they're much improved. Just like Purdue-Fort Wayne, who was the eight seed last year. All these teams at the bottom have gotten better. That's a good test for UND again. Thursday at 7 o'clock, the night before, a great matchup for the men against Omaha. And the UND men, kind of like the women again, a big win on the road against DU. They come back and they... Follow it up with another impressive win over a good Purdue-Fort Wayne team. And UND, after kind of struggling for the first 10 minutes in that game on Sunday, really picked it up. And Marlon Stewart kind of took the game over. He has 29 points and just controlled the pace and the tempo. And defensively, they came to life. A big win over a Purdue-Fort Wayne team that, again, was a conference semifinalist last year that people think are going to be pretty good this year. Nice performance for Paul Sather's crew in back-to-back games to open up Summit League play. Yeah, I listened to uh, to coach, uh, you know, with Paul Ralston after the game, and I, I just think he he thought for sure when we got uh, multiple stops in a row, uh, it gave us an opportunity to really kind of spread spread the lead uh, a little bit. And then Marlon, uh, almost a little bit different than the women, right? I mean, there's a there's a certain uh, if if you know there's attention having to be 
paid, you know, whether it's one and a half or two people on Marlin, we need others then to step up and hit shots. And, uh, and when that starts happening, it's going to open it up for Philip uh, because obviously I think going into the game, you're going to be probably keying on Marlin and Philip. But, you know, when some of other guys start stepping up and playing uh, and scoring, uh, this is a dangerous team. I, I mean, it kind of feels like, you know, they're starting to really, really get to uh, feel their uh, roles and know them. And, uh, and, and at that's, that's going to be fun to watch as we, as we go through January and February. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Fun team. Certainly this year, Brady Danielson, by the way, was the guy that was hitting the big shots when Marlon Stewart would drive the freshman from York, Nebraska, had a couple of big trays. Keenan Walter got fouled on a couple of threes and took advantage of the free throw line. And, and Brady, Brady's hit some threes recently anyways. And so, uh, no doubt about it. And, and Billy obviously has the ability to do that as well. And so, uh, into Sean as well. I mean, honestly, right. I mean, and, and so we, we, we got some good looks from three when we're willing to, to make that extra pass, um, you know, that, that, that look just looks a lot cleaner. And uh, I think about the only one was, I think maybe Deshaun was a shot clock running down type deal where he had to just kind of hoist one. But other than that, I mean, all those looks were, were extremely clean and uh, that'll help uh, uh, Philip down the road as well. Yeah, and Big Phil's been playing pretty well despite that 10 double-doubles now on the season. He's, he's played very, very well. So both teams, you know, certainly off to a great start. And so uh, uh, should be fun as we're, uh, as we're heading into the teeth of the schedule. Yeah, the game on Wednesday against Omaha is tantalizing. That was a Maverick team that won three games against North Dakota last year, but it, two of them were la- basically last-second type plays. Matt ha- or Mitch Hahn, excuse me, with the last-second butter- buzzer beater in Grand Forks for a one-point win back in January. Omaha took care of business down there in the, the second matchup, but in the Summer League tournament, that was a nip-and-tuck game and came down to the last possession. So, you know, talking with the guys after the game on Sunday, they're they're excited to get a shot at this Mavs team, who is also 2-0 and and has a nice win over South Dakota State on their resume to start the campaign. So that'll be a big one, just like the women's game, uh, both those games at 7 o'clock Wednesday, Thursday, live at the Betty or on Midco SN. For the hockey team, it was... Kind of uh, more of the same. These guys just keep rolling. It was 5-2 on Friday, 5-2 on Saturday over Alabama Huntsville, the number one team in the country. Maybe didn't look at their very best, but again, 28 days between competitive games, a couple of key players gone to the World Juniors, at least for one of the games. The Shane Pinto made a miraculous return from the Czech Republic to play on Saturday night. Guys coming off of illness. There were a lot of reasons why you could look at this game or this series and think maybe they're not going to quite be at their best, but they still come out with a pair of five goal performances and they win by plus six over the weekend. They just keep rolling. Yeah, let me, uh, I got a trivia question for you. Not that you're good. This is a really hard trivia question because you you just wouldn't know it but you'll get where i'm going at this point so men's basketball as of yesterday i haven't looked at the rpi today but kansas was number one in the rpi who is number 60 in the rpi in men's basketball Ooh, that's a great question and it's just interesting i'm th- yeah i'm probably there to think too long about this i i'll give you what about uh what about what about uh <laughs> i don't even have a guess it's a nice midwestern team yeah. iowa oh okay sure so so really if you think in those terms right so 60 60 teams in the country could you see iowa beating kansas yeah it yes. could happen it could happen and so i think you know you can get kind of caught up 
going in to the arena and think, well, it's 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 Huntsville and they've had a you know tough go of it and, and probably have not been able to piece together 60 minutes at a time. But, you know, that team, as we all know, uh, there's just not a lot of slots in Division One hockey. And so, you know, you're going to come up against talented teams no matter what weekend it is. And so I thought our guys did exactly what you'd want them to do on an early January uh, weekend is, you know, they they kind of punched in. They got it done. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, not every not every weekend series is is, going to be probably a spread uh, that you're you're hoping to to have it. And I thought our guys did a nice job, uh, you know, just just kind of taking care of business, knowing on the horizon again, back to NCHC play this upcoming week. And uh, again, it'll be challenging again this weekend. Yeah, phenomenal performance by the top line again. Six goals and 12 points from Jordan Kawaguchi, Grant Mismash, and Colin Adams. What did you make of the Kawaguchi goal on Saturday night? Yeah, so I saw it in real time, and I thought I saw what I saw. And then uh, I did. I did see it. And uh, the angle, the the, the one that was... uh, um, um, kicked out uh, by our uh, great staff uh, at the conclusion of the game. Yeah, the the up above uh, um, angle, tremendous, just tremendous. And uh, yeah, I I don't know what to say other than you're just gifted. I mean, at, right? I mean, we've all played sports. I mean, you either have that that gear or or you don't. I was in the don't category. <laughs> And uh, so I, I knew people that I guess were maybe in the other category, but I, you know it quickly. It's not you. And uh, uh, but to, to think how quick his reactions were, it was just very impressive. That's what he said after the game as well. He said, you just don't think there's not enough time to really in your mind think to yourself, oh, should I try this move? What if I do this? Well, let me try this and I'll see if it works. You just have to go. And he realized where he was on the ice again below the goal line and knew that was the only way he was going to get a shot on goal. <laughs> just It just happened to get by Mark Sinclair, and it was number three on SportsCenter in the top ten. It just He's such a talented player. He had an assist like that at Chilliwack that made headlines, and we had shown that when he was committing, you know, just between the legs across the, you know, across the slot to a teammate, and he scores. And he just has a knack for making plays like that. And he's having an unbelievable season, number three in the country in points. It just, just again, we can't say this enough. Enjoy. Enjoy this. This is so much fun these guys are incredible to watch you're right you're right it is enjoyable. you know what i really enjoyed uh, after that was our incredibly knowledgeable fan base really giving him you know i i would say an incredible yes yes i don't know what you call a bow or whatever but it was it was just an appreciation um applause that was just different does that make sense I would agree. There, yeah, there was. There was because I think everybody. You described it perfectly. I think everybody in the arena, depending on their angle, was like, "I think I just saw him do something ridiculous." Let's wait. Did he just? Did he do what I think he just did? And then you get confirmation on the replay board on the beautiful giant big screen, and that eruption was was pretty special in the house. It was yeah. It was a cool moment. It was. Those are the those are the moments. Like I don't know that. I guess. I've just come to really enjoy, you know, I mean, it's just a, uh, um, you know, not that, you you know, you're going to see a play like that all the time, but the appreciation for the play. And, you know, I have an appreciation for the appreciation. Does that make sense? (laughs) It does make sense. Yes. What was cool though, 
even in, in a first of all, it was a big goal because it made it four two. It gave UND a little bit of breathing room in what was a one goal hockey game, and then the timing of it all because today Brad Schlossman releases the top. I believe the top 20 goals of the decade that he listed out. And so you're you're clicking through all these great moments and it's just you kind of remember that's right hockey has this ability to produce these incredible moments and North Dakota we are blessed that we happen to get human beings that can do these sorts of things. And you maybe get one, if you look down the list, maybe one or two a year. You know, obviously you know 10 years in the decade there were 20 moments. They don't happen very often, but they happen a lot more often at North Dakota than they do at other places around the country. We're lucky. I was uh, I, I took that overhead shot and kicked it to a number of uh, my buddies over the course of time that played hockey in their uh, you know in their life, and I you know my my go to line was you know basically you know looks like a young Alex Heiner you know something to that effect, and the, to to a T, all of them came back and said never had those skills, <laughs> you know yeah. never had those skills, and and I think it is. I mean, there's probably a, a percentage of uh, of anybody that you watch. At a, at a high, high level, um, you know, even obviously there's there's separation between just an, high, eye hand coordination. That's just uh, tremendous. So, yeah, I mean, good for Gooch. Uh, that was great. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, in, in Shane kind of flying back, uh, you know, all night, if you will, and uh, he gets paid off by a, an empty netter at the end. So, uh, yeah. you know, and, and of course, we've got to uh, acknowledge JBD and uh, the great pass he had, uh, you know, for uh, uh, for Canada to um, to uh, end up winning that gold medal, which is just tremendous, and it's just uh, one of the of all the great players that we've had come through North Dakota. Not many have won medals in that tournament, and to and to for it to be gold to boot is uh, is pretty special. Yeah, thirteenth player in UND history to win a gold medal, and as you said, JBD with the the assist on the the gold medal winning goal late in that third period. Jacob played more minutes than anybody else on Team Canada. He really grew into the tournament as it went along. The only college player to make the roster. He was the last one of the last cuts on last year's team. Comes back this year, and uh, Canada didn't medal last season. It was a kind of a disappointing result, of course, for them who we'll always expect to be on the podium and. To, for them to come back and win and for him to play such a big role, pretty, pretty special stuff. Um, he joins, by the way, Brad Berry on a short list of UND alums to have won a gold medal Yep, in the World Juniors. It's pretty, pretty neat to share that with your coach. Although, you know, and again, I, 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 of all the uh, tournaments that we follow, you know, probably around the world and we're all probably very, you know, active sport fans, that one is a tricky tournament to get a medal in. I mean, there's, you know, when you're going into that quarterfinals, boy, I'll tell you what, depending on the game, you know, how it goes. I mean, it is, it is absolutely uh, just an amazing tournament where literally five or six teams could be standing on that podium. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened to the United States. You know, we had talked pre-tournament like, Hey, you want to be first or second in your group so you can avoid Sweden and Finland. Well, then the Swiss beat Finland and they knock them down to the third seed and we get stuck playing the defending gold medalists in the quarterfinals. And it was just one of those games, a one, nothing hockey game that you came on the wrong end of the stick and you know, they get a power play goal in the third period. And that's the difference. And for Shane, obviously Shane Pinto finishes with seven points, four goals, second leading scorer on team USA. He was named one of the top three players of the tournament for the U.S. by the U.S. coaching staff. So cool to see him get recognized. Obviously, when he came back, he was ex- he was exhausted. We talked to him on Saturday night after the game, and he said, I, I just kind of don't really know 
where I am. I feel a little a little out of it. The jet lag to take as he was in Brad had a great article again about this, but he was in four different countries on his way back to Grand Forks on Friday. Didn't get much sleep, but again, got a goal for his efforts and now has a couple of chances to rest up without school. The semester doesn't start till next week, so it's nice to be able to sleep in a little bit and not worry about class and get right just in time for NCHC play to kick off. It'll be great. And hey, we had a couple honorees too uh, on Saturday. Verge Foss yes, and uh, his 50 years with the uh, with the Herald. And uh, really, if you it, you know, I was I was with uh, with Verge and Jody uh, before the before the game before we honored him on the ice. And uh, really, honestly, he's he's in the first hand probably of you know folks that are significant to this program in some way, it just in a, in a chronicling type of way. And so uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing uh, person. And uh, just, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we, we, it's awesome. We were able to honor him. And then of course the 2000 team, I mean yeah. that, you know, it's always great to bring back, you know, national champions and, you know, it's, it's amazing how many awesome teams there's been over the course of time, but to finally win you know, a, a national title, it's tricky. It's hard. It's not easy. I mean, I, you know, you, you could be the best team as we found out if it's a one and done format, you know, you're, you could be done. And these guys weren't, they found a way for that senior class who won a title in 97 and then to finish their careers with one. It, we, we had a chance to talk with some of the guys, Lee Gorn and Jeff Panzer were on the broadcast and those two played a big role in, in both of those title wins. But it, they were just honored last year as Hall of Fame inductees to the UND Athletics Hall of Fame. Great to bring them back. And they said, we love this. It's so much fun to get back, have another reunion celebrating 20 years. And they talk about how so many of those memories, even though it was now two full decades ago, it feels like they were playing that game yesterday. You know, they said everything was still so clear, just the moments and the conversations or the words that you heard from the coach before you took the ice, the you know, the hugs you had with your teammates on the ice, all those things are still so they're there. They're there in their memories and they're not gonna they're not gonna go away. It was cool to see those guys be honored. And obviously Verge, you can't ask for a better guy than Verge. I you just I it's been a pleasure getting to know him a little bit over the last couple of years. The kindest man He's still writing for the UND Athletics website and is still sharp as ever. He's got such a Rolodex of UND hockey history. 50 years is pretty impressive. Seven decades, Bill. He's in his seventh decade covering the team. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it is crazy. So, you know, we were happy to do that. And Jody uh, and his staff and our staff do just a phenomenal job when uh, uh, we get folks back. And, you know, that's our history, right? I mean, it's no different than Hall of Fame weekend. I mean, it's just you get folks back and, you know, it's just exciting. I mean, we've got, you know, Jason and Carl that are around the program now that we're on that team. And, you know, it just uh, it just drips tradition. It just does. It's just, uh, it's just awesome. And so, uh, just to, just to say thank you to, to those, to those guys and their families was just a, a neat, uh, a neat opportunity. And I know Colton Sanderson does a great job with, uh, our development group now. And I know he was, uh, running around a little bit and, uh, you know, just making sure that we, uh, uh, you know, did everything we could to make them feel, uh, comfortable and back here. And, uh, obviously that they've got something that they'll remember and be bonded with the rest of their lives. Yeah, special stuff. Yeah, that was eh, the Ralph always does those celebrations right, and that combination between the REA and Jody and his team and what UND does, it really makes every night when you come to the rink something special on the ice could be happening during the game 
But so many special things are happening on the ice around the game and around the arena. It just makes it such a special experience for fans and for alums and for people that just love love sport and love entertainment. There's just nothing like it. No doubt. Hey, uh, a shout out to uh, the Grand Forks community and, and greater Grand Forks and beyond uh, for um, really tremendous crowds over the over the weekend as well. Yes. And, you know, it, students are gone. So it's always a little bit, you know, different environment when the students aren't there. I mean, we love our students. Uh, you know, they just provide just a different uh, energy level, if you will. And it's they're just fun uh, when they're in the building. But obviously this time of year, it's uh, they're not back to school until next week. So as we're potting next week, uh, I think the first uh, uh, first classes are actually next Monday night. So uh, should be uh, exciting to have the uh, campus vibrant again. But but for everyone that did come out and, uh, you know, thank you. That was uh, that's a big deal for our team. And, uh, you know, we don't take it for granted at all. And uh, it's just it's just kind of a neat thing. Yeah, it was fun to see the atmosphere because you don't know. Sometimes those holiday weekends or weekends when the students are gone, you might think, ah, maybe it'll be a little bit dead. Yeah, even though dead is like 10,000, <laughs> like 11,000 people is, it's just not, that's not, you know, it, it's just a different line of thinking. But that building was packed and they were into it. And they obviously they had some really special goals and a lot of special memories around the game itself uh, to get to share. So really good stuff. Looking for more of the same coming this weekend against UNO. No doubt. One UND sort of thing. I got a summer league question for you. Now, with Purdue-Fort Wayne taking on North Dakota in basketball this weekend, it brought up the conversation of what does the summer league look like for next year and in the future? Because Port Wayne, of course, is leaving to join the Horizon League after this season. Kansas City is coming back. They were a summer league member for years, left for the whack. They're returning, just like Royal Roberts did. It kind of made us wonder as we were having conversations about this, what is the status right now perhaps with a 10th team? And St. Thomas, of course, had applied, or at least they've had those conversations and the Summit League extended an invitation. Uh, Augustana is still kind of in limbo. They have not officially applied to be a member yet. But I wanted just to ask if you have any more information, just for our listeners that are curious about this, where we're at for perhaps the next year or two with some of these teams that might join the Summit in the in the years to come. Yeah, so from what I gathered is for sure St. Thomas was asking the summit, I'll call it, to support their uh, um, ability to go from straight from division 3 to division 1. And from what from what I gathered is the last uh, Division One council meetings, which were actually held in October, um, it, it, it kind of made it it made it there, and then they wanted to take the next uh, several months before the next council meetings, which are actually in a couple of weeks in January surrounding the NCA convention. And so uh, on the 22nd is a Wednesday. I fly out. There's a Division One. I'll call it. Division all Division One uh, meeting on that Thursday, and then I fly out on Friday. But I've got some time there at the convention to get an understanding of maybe where that's going to stand at this point. Because I think they, I think the the group that heard that wanted to really kind of think through and make sure that there's again no unintended consequences, so to speak. But from what I'm gathering too, and I I believe this to be true, is Division Two probably doesn't want someone 
coming in that has all intentions of going division one. So, so I, I do think, you know, you just probably not have really thought that through when you put this in play at some stage, what happens if someone wants to just really jump from three to one. And so all that to be said, I'll know more maybe in a couple of weeks, Alex, but I know I, I, it's a good question. And the other side of it is too, is UMKC going to come in and just automatically take the slot of what Fort Wayne's, uh, you know, scheduling was, or maybe there has to be some alterations there because they might have some facility issues that they have to deal with. And so, uh, so more to come on that, but yeah, as we've said before on the pod, you know, the, the, the quicker we can get to even numbers, whatever that number would be, and then establish uh, travel partners, I think will help everyone first and foremost, our students who have to play the schedule. And then of course, our, our, uh, our coaches who, you know, it's tough for them. It's tough. I mean, on a week to week basis, the way it's, uh, you know, rolled out there right now. And then of course for our fan base to have a little bit more consistency to when they can expect games. Yeah, I would agree. Well, that's, that's good. Thank you for the update. And we'll be looking forward to more perhaps in a couple of weeks after the NCAA convention. This, by the way, would not be something in place for next year, at least with, with any new members outside of KC. So plan on just nine members for the 2020-2021 campaign with KC swapping out with Purdue-Fort Wayne. And then potentially for the next year, maybe then you would get a 10th or an 11th member, depending on what shakes out with all these decisions. Correct? That, that is kind of the timeline. That's right what now. I understand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, when initially that information went to uh, that council uh, and actually a subcommittee of the council, honestly. A strategic vision and planning group that actually is is kind of hearing what St. Thomas wants to do and, and, and supported by the summit. That is accurate. It wouldn't be next year. It would be the following year. So uh, so more to come on that one. Yeah, that one's that one's out there. And that one is something that, you know, we've got to try to figure out. Um, you know, what's happening there. And then, you know, we really get stabilized in, uh, you know, I'd say just an awesome regionally relevant division one, you know, conference that, you know, around the country, you can honestly say, Alex, there's not a lot of, of conferences that could say that. And then, of course, you know, what the what the summit has been able to do is, is pretty special in Sioux Falls with the basketball tournaments. And so all that to be said, I, I, I think, you know, it's bright future for sure for the Summit League. But but we do have some work to do. Yeah, the stability is such a big thing. I mean, that's t- talking with the Purdue Fort Wayne staff this weekend. They were mentioning how in the summit for them, you know, it just their tra- their travel is just brutal for them where they're so they're way out in Fort Wayne Indiana the shortest trip for them in the summit is 6 hours to Macomb and that will be the longest trip for them in the horizon and it just seemed like and not UND fans can relate to that like we're moving from the big sky to the summit it just makes sense financially makes sense geographically everybody's sort of looking for that perfect fit and it feels like Purdue Fort Wayne is moving into a better one for them it feels like North Dakota has done that to get into the summit and now we're just trying to find the rest of the pieces to fill out the rest of this league and like you said get back to even numbers so we have fewer Wednesday Thursday who's playing when and who's playing who and and going from a a game for the women by the way on Thursday at home to then get to Oral Roberts in Tulsa for a Saturday contest all the things that come with having those travel partners hopefully that will just be a lot smoother in two years when we get to 10 teams hopefully yeah there's nothing you know there's nothing great about we'll call them split weekends where you have one game on the road and one game at home and everyone has them and it's just, you know, it, and there's no, nothing magic about it. But bottom line is that's the only way kind of the 
puzzle pieces fit when it comes to putting out a schedule. But when you have even numbers, you know, if you know you're at home one week, you're at home. If you know you're on the road, you're on the road. And right now, you know, in that most basic that most basic thought process, we can't do that right now based on, you know, odd number of teams. And so it would be exciting for everybody. So uh, I agree with you, but uh, you know, like I said, more to come. I, 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 I kind of felt like as a division one AD, you don't necessarily have to go to the NCA convention because there's really not voting that's going on at that point in time, not like division two and division three has, uh, but it just feels like it's, it's, it's certainly a historical time frame right now and it you know and when you're talking about the name image likeness and you've got states that are very interested in what's going on in the NCAA right now it just uh to to do it right for for North Dakota I feel like I need to be out there to to kind of keep my ears to the ground and uh and just make sure that I'm not missing anything at this point in time yeah, well, it's it's certainly going to make this podcast that much more interesting in a couple of weeks. Not that it isn't already, because it usually is top, top, top. But we're going to get all the goods, all the details. All so the you're gossip. saying we can go even higher. <laughs> Our ceiling, we've not hit the ceiling yet, Bill. There's room. There's a little room up there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anything else on your mind from a UND or NCAA perspective, Bill, before we do a quick a quick flip over to the B-side? Yeah, so just a quickie on our student-athletes uh, and, and kudos. So uh, grades came out, and mm. our highest overall department GPA since uh, the Division One era started in 2008, 3.375. And so 278 of our student athletes had a semester GPA of 3.0 or higher. So 79%. And, you know, all 15, all 15 programs with a 3.0 or greater. And that's the second semester in a row that we'd ever done that in the division one era. And, and the reason why we keep saying the division one era that there just was, there's much better records. I'll say when you, when you, when you kind of flipped it right from going from two to one, the, the, the record keeping and bookkeeping and all of the monitoring that occurs, I, I'd say in the division one world is so intensified that we know for sure <laughs> that this is the case. Now I can guarantee you there were unbelievable, you know, uh, student athletes, uh, prior to that as well. Uh, but, but I, it just, this, we know for sure we've got those, those, those records and all that to be said within the confines of going to class and doing some great things on the field already have eclipsed the 4,000, uh, hour mark in community service. And those are verified community hours by Tyler Burmeister. And trust me, he's a stickler uh, on what's what what counts and constitutes community service and what doesn't. I mean, we we have we go deep, trust me, into how that all works. And so uh, our student athletes are really, really getting it done. So kudos to them. Kudos to our coaches for valuing it, uh, both the community service and the academics. And uh, just exciting, exciting every day walking in to uh, uh, folks that just, you know, uh, are, are achieving on a daily basis. 
That's awesome. I, that's there's been a lot of success, you know, on the field, on the court, on the ice, etc. You know, on the on the diamonds this year for UND. But it's cool to hear that this decade has really finished on such a high note, also in the classroom and in the community. Yeah, you know, and 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 kudos to my predecessor Brian Faison and Daniela Earl, who was here, obviously with with Brian as the deputy and and instilled. And again, and I'll say that more in the Division One era, but even obviously ads prior to that that were you know. Uh, always instilling that, you know, what they're doing and, uh, and what our SAC does, Alex, in the community, and, and they value the, the uh, um, you know, our, our uh, community service. It's just huge. It just is. And so, uh, so kudos to them all. And, uh, you know, now, now you've got, what, 23 straight semesters of a 3.0. Well, let's go, let's go to 24. Let's go. <laughs> On to the next. We're on to 24, Bill. On the next. I love it. Awesome. Well, we're going to go on to the next part of this podcast, which is the B-side. And there are some, some things to discuss. Congratulations to our Minnesota Vikings friends, because that was, that was a wonderful win for them yesterday. NFL playoffs got started this past weekend. I, I do want to ask, I mean, this was, uh, I, I think I saw maybe three minutes total of football this weekend, because we just had so much stuff going on. Did you get a chance to watch anything? Obviously, Pittsburgh did not make the playoffs. Tough deal. Probably would have been better for maybe a New England Patriots fan if they had, <laughs> but we're that's maybe that's a topic for another day. But uh, you know, it, how did you kind of take in everything that was going on around the National Football League this weekend? I don't know if I really watched much at all. I wa- um, I was roaming around downstairs uh, prior to us uh, honoring Verge. And so I stopped in with the coaches at that point and uh, uh, they just in the background, they had uh, the Buffalo game on at that point. And so I didn't even watch the end of that. I, I saw a little bit of the fourth quarter um, and then that was about it. And, uh, you know, so no, not not too, too much. And, you know, I, your Patriots, I mean, it's pretty simple. I, 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 I it just struggled scoring. I mean, that was the Steelers issue. I mean, I, I didn't have any interest in really them making the playoffs because literally they could only score one touchdown a game. Well, that's not going to get it done in the playoffs. And so the Patriots got weirdly into that mode a little bit. They just couldn't – their, their defense was good enough apparently on Saturday, but offense just wasn't good enough. So I'll be interested. I, I don't – you know – I think it's much ado about nothing. I think Brady's going to be back and they'll figure out, they'll get another, they'll get someone that, that will help him offensively. And I think they're whatever, they'll be just fine. They'll, they'll be fine. <laughs> Says Bill with an eye roll. I like. <laughs> they'll be fine. I, you know, again, I, I am excited that they can't win their seventh. That's for sure. So I, I am I, that, that now I'm just like done. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, for the Viking folks around here, I was excited for them. Um, you know, other than that, Alex, uh, yeah, I'm not wasting my roots on the NFL. Yeah, yeah, moving on. Was there a, what, what do you think was the bigger surprise of the wins this weekend? What stood out to you as maybe the biggest upset? Huh. I don't know if there really was one. I always am surprised when a team goes on the road and wins. And what did we have, three? Three of the road teams. Yep, three of the road teams took care of Usually business. three of the home teams win. That's usually kind of the way it goes. It's like one road team. I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of parity right now um, amongst those teams that are left. I, I'd say the complete teams seem to me like San Francisco and Baltimore. I mean, we saw that what that, that matchup uh, about a month and a half ago. Yeah, like week, week 13, maybe week 14, those two played in a sloppy game that was really close. Yeah, could be the Super Bowl. Potentially. It feels like they're, they're the two best teams, although... I do think Kansas City 
is is kind of trending in the right direction, right? They they had their most difficult time maybe early-ish in the season. So it, it feels like, I don't know, the, the teams that are waiting out this weekend, they got a really good shot to to win. I, I just, it'll be surprising to me. Um, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I'd i be surprised. Maybe Green Bay is the one where it's just, a, it's a, it's a flip of the coin a little bit. I think Minnesota is going to have their work cut out for them going to San Francisco. I mean, but you know what? They're maybe with a little bit of house money right now. So you just go and just go play and see what happens. But I, I'd be really surprised if it's not Kansas City, Baltimore. I would tend to agree with that. That's that's the way it feels on the AFC side. And I think you're right. I, Minnesota, really, I think that was the one that surprised me the most. No offense to the Vikings fans, but it just felt like the Saints had such a good team throughout the course of the season. It had a great defense and a great offense and all these weapons. And for the Minnesota to go in there and beat that team again, and they've kind of had the Saints number here in the postseason the last couple ties out. And it's that's a big win for that franchise. Now they got a chance to march one step closer. But yeah, like you said, difficult to go play the Niners out in San Francisco. So it'll be fun. I, we're not going to get to watch much of it again <laughs> this, this next weekend. And that's okay. Whatever. Our teams are done. So doesn't matter. Stick a fork in us. We, we, we quote unquote, we, we were done a while ago. I mean, I mean it was not good. Although I, I'm, I'm going to be bullish on this though. I think 2020 looks good. Now, ben can come back. If he can come back and give you some semblance of, you know, he's back physically. I think they could be dangerous next year. I really do. Cause I think defensively they're going to be pretty good. And those wide receivers grew up. And so um, I think they're, uh, they have a shot. Uh, I, I think the question mark will be James Connor. That, that poor guy can't stay healthy, uh, you know, for a full season. So they're going to have to make a decision on him. And I, I just don't know. They're, they're, they're like most teams, they're up against it cap wise. So they're going to have to figure some things out, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this year was a growing year for them. They knew now they know, their roster better than they ever would have known it and so to me i'm just trying to enjoy the journey alex that's what i'm trying to do (laughs) oh that's all we that's all we should do that should be the mindset 2020 vision enjoy the journey enjoy the journey that's right just like the josie uh you know journey a smooth transition to the to the football how much? Yeah, let, we'll talk about that. I want to ask first, the festive period had what? Well, whatever the crazy number of games, 63 matches in like two weeks. How much did you get to take in over the course of your holiday? Quite a bit, actually. I, the the uh, New Year's Day, which was not great um, for a Spurs fan, but um, I watched a lot. I, I mean, I, I tended to watch that than I did football. Um, I kind of flipped to the football bowl, bowl games, but, uh, I, you know, I, it is fascinating the amount of games and, uh, mileage they put on their odometers. It is quite yeah. amazing. It really is. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot left in the season, but the way it's, it's shaping up, I, maybe Lester could still hit a skid, but it feels like three have, have solidly entrenched themselves. And then there's a group of about five that on a week-to-week basis, you don't know what you're going to get. I think that's a good way to sum it up. It's so funny when you have all those matches back-to-back-to-back, and it kind of feels like because everybody played three times in the league. So that's potentially nine points to the good or you know nothing or one or two, and your rivals can get some distance. And we finish the festive period, and the table looks 
kind of like it did before. It just feels like these teams are kind of, they are who they are. And, and Spurs sort of was the, the epitome of that, where you, you beat Brighton on Boxing Day 2-1. And that was a fun match with some fun goals. You draw at Norwich, which you could have lost that game. And there was some VAR. And then, and then you lose at Southampton, one nothing on another Danny Ings goal on New Year's Day. And you're kind of right back, you're exactly where you were, <laughs> basically when all this got started. Sixth place, and you're two, really two games behind Chelsea, six points back of that fourth spot, tied with Wolves and all these other teams are around. So, and But the big thing is, though, really, you lost Terry Kane. You lost Terry Kane for probably three months with a hamstring injury. And that's that's maybe the biggest thing we can take away from this break from a Spurs perspective. You know what's weird, though, with Harry Kane is... I, I, how do you not love Harry Kane? I mean, the guy, uh, it, 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 he's a machine taking penalties. I mean, and certainly if that happens, you feel like it's like almost a guarantee that it gets done. They weirdly can play without him though. Now that son's back, they, they just, they almost look a little bit sometimes quicker. They, 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 because Kane's kind of a little bit of a plotter. I mean, um, it, it, you know, he's, he's unbelievable, you know, obviously around the goal, but yeah, it's too bad. You, you, you hate to lose someone like that. Uh, but you know, I think they can withstand that, uh, loss, uh, over that time frame. So they've won games without him before. So I think they could do it again, but it'll be interesting. I just, Mourinho's style has not, uh, and again, he came in midway right and so but but defensively that god we're so leaky god we're just one big leak fest so and i think we've got liverpool coming up i think you do the chaves the chaves heinert darby coming up on this saturday eleven thirty. big one bill what's you haven't <laughs> lost have you yet this year no the liverpool's last loss was a calendar year ago in the EPL. They lost January the 3rd, 2019. That's the last time they lost in the league. Yeah, it's crazy. Who did you guys tie this year? So we drew with Manchester United. That's the only team that we've dropped points against. And then they lost to Napoli in the Champions League. That's the end, but you know, just in the group stage. Those are the only two times that they've not won with a full squad. What's what's weird, and, and, and you know, I guess you could say about every sport, like this weekend... I'll be interested to see again, Tottenham will play Liverpool. I mean, they're going to play them and, you know, but you can then end up playing other teams that won't play you per se. They, 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 they choose not to. And it's just, that's what's happened to some degree that five to seven that are trying to get that last slot. They're just not managing their schedule. Well, like they, you know, sometimes you can get out of those, those matches with the, a result, if you will. And the Spurs just haven't been able to do that when they get put in a position where someone is, is, is kind of, I don't know, out scheming them. They can't find their way out. And uh, we'll see this weekend. Uh, My guess is Liverpool, you know, when they play, I'll call it a big six match. They'll be all in with this one would be my guess. You would think so. They they had a nice chance to rest up their guys after that busy week. They, again, they were in Qatar. They played three games in a handful of days. They had the FA Cup this past weekend. They played the kids. Basically, they basically played a U21 side, and they and they still beat Everton. Still won. But uh, it was great to get some of those guys rested up and get ready for this match. It, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Spurs do get a result in this game. Like it, That wouldn't shock me at all at this point. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool win 
handily. You just never know. You never know in these matches. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting how how it plays itself out. But yeah, the FA Cup. So the FA Cup gets kind of um, wedged in there as well. So that got kind of a, a, a like a Sunday. And then what ends up happening, right? If you do tie, that's going to affect you moving forward, right? Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to reschedule that match. You have a replay, yes. And you play the full 90 minutes. Yeah, there's no overtime in this competition. You just play another 90 minutes on the opposition's ground. So if you hosted and you draw, then you go to the opposition and then you play another 90. And if you're still tied, then you then you move on to over, you know, two 30-minute overtime or two 15-minute overtime periods and a shootout because you need a winner after 180 minutes. But it is kind of funny how <laughs> you have to play another game in this time of all these games. Here's another match for you. Tying is like the worst thing. You, you're better off just losing in this competition than tying. Yes, you're probably right. But 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 we tapped out so quick in the Caribou Cup that this is kind of <laughs> our deal. Like like we 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 probably earned this extra match. Like, like you know, that's what I'll say. So I don't know. I I think that you know. And again, if I'm Mourinho or the Spurs, I think they probably want to win the FA Cup. That would be my guess uh, at this point. And so I still haven't given up on the fourth spot yet. Um, I, it, but here's here's what's happened with those teams. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to piece together four in a row. So, somewhere, you know, somewhere along, you know, your schedule, you're going to have to figure out how are you getting 12 points on the next four matches because that'll give you a chance to slide back up there. They just haven't been able to do it. That's it. So that's all I got for you. You got a chance against the the would-be champs this weekend to pick up a couple of points and take down a team that's not lost for over a year. But So good luck with all that. It wouldn't wouldn't break my heart, that's for sure. (laughs) It would not break my heart. Um, One thing about the FA Cup that I wanted to mention, and we'll sort of tie this back in with the NFL just a bit. Obviously, we had two NFL games going to overtime this past weekend. Now, if this were the FA Cup, the game would have ended, and we would have had Buffalo hosting Houston this next week, and we would have had Minnesota hosting New Orleans. Is that the way to solve the NFL overtime, Bill? Am I just crazy? I like the, I I have no problem with the NFL. I, you know what? Generally speaking, I I'm not going to get too caught up in into overtime rules. I I I think this, whatever whatever you agree upon, you know it going in. So this just in, don't go to overtime. If 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 that's an issue for you, win it in regulation. So I mean, I, I have no problem with that. I I I'm more. It feels like as technology continues to get better. It feels like replay is is getting more scrutiny than ever before. And maybe there's just more platforms to see certain calls that either do go your way or don't go your way. And so it's just interesting, Alex. I, I don't know. I, I again, you, 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 it's it, and it sounds so administrative and wonky that that you worry about unintended consequences. But there are unintended consequences with replays. And, you know, I just not sure we've, I'll call it, quote unquote, solved it yet. We have not solved it. The only sport that has solved it is tennis. <laughs> that is it. I, that, that's, I, that's my go-to line. I got yeah. nothing else. Everybody else has not solved it because it has created some issues by having it versus solving what we think is an in, injustice. I know that you think a lot about this. Like, I, I feel like this is something that keeps you up. 
because I feel like this, even when we're not talking about replay, it sort of works its way into the conversation. And that's that's just fine because it is. It's a big thing in sports right now. We, you can't watch a, a football match, or sorry, you can't watch a soccer match or a football game or without and basketball, obviously, like anytime something happens, we're going over to the monitor to check things out. Like this has become a big part of sport. And like you said, for better or worse, it appears like it's going to be here to stay for a while. We need to find a way to make it better and maybe not worse for the fan experience and for the players. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just it's a it's a it's a tricky one. I I, um, I I worry about the officials that have a tough enough job already. Right. And it's 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 you know, there, there's going to be human um, you know, human, I don't even call it error, human judgment, uh, you know, as you have humans, you know, uh, on the ice or, or, you know, on the field or what have you. And I don't know, I just, uh, it just feels like we have not set them up great at this point. You know, I, I still, it, it still kind of is interesting to me. I, I feel for the officials on the ice going up and down, up and down. And then they've got to kind of stop and then go into a cubicle and go toggle. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. I mean, it just think about that. Your heart races and you're trying, I mean, and you go, you've got 12,000 of your best friends watching you take the test, right? It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. And especially when quote unquote, everybody who's watching kind of has the answers sort or at least thinks they do or thinks they know what the right result should be. It's that I don't I it's not a fun job. I I don't think anybody would really want it. I saw a great line on Twitter the other day that uh, a gentleman was at a high school basketball game in Minnesota and it was early in the game and the fans were already starting to get on the refs and he was the, the PA announcer made an announcement saying, hey, the Minnesota High School Athletics Association or whatever is looking for referees. You know, if you think you've got what it takes, you know, apply here. And he said he noticed everybody kind of laid off the refs after that. It was just like a little reminder of, oh, that's right. I know I couldn't do what they're doing. I couldn't do the job that they've got or face that kind of pressure or scrutiny. Maybe I should not be so critical. That's kind of a different story. When my son was uh doing the the youth hockey thing or however that plays itself out they're always looking for you know volunteers to do the scoreboard and score sheet and uh my old sid days i I was pretty good with the score sheet i mean i have to admit to you and i was kind of a i was really helpful to the person doing the scoreboard and it was kind of an antiquated system. It wasn't very intuitive. That's what I'll tell you. And so others would come and do the clock and I would do the score sheet. And again, I was a really good passenger for the person doing the clock. But occasionally, it, especially penalties, got a little tricky to put it on the board. And then the board would have some issues. And occasionally, you know, whatever, you, you mess up. And But much like that... We used to say, if anyone has an issue, again, we're getting paid really good money to do this, right? It'd be nothing. <laughs> so you can come on over and do it if you want to, too. It does kind of quelch things at that stage. It's and, you know, our folks, our folks on the, you know, it, it is tricky. Like, you, 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 basketball goes fast, hockey, all of it goes fast. And our folks do a tremendous job, uh, you know, uh, you know, in game do, doing all that stuff. But heck, we're human. I mean, you're going to have errors at times for sure. Fallibility. It's a part of human nature. Not perfect. 
Amazing. This pod will will give you some in, incredibly insightful moments. And there you go. I'm not sure we can go any further on this one. That's probably a good place to stop. I'm going to say that's probably a good place to stop. Oh, well, hey, let's just keep it rolling. Unbeaten in conference play. A couple more opportunities this week to keep it happening. Be sure to get out and support UND with four home events on the way and then some road trips as well. Bill, and enjoy the week ahead. Appreciate you, Alex. Yeah, you as well, buddy. Bill Shaves. A good, good man, making it to 2020 and keeping things rolling for University of North Dakota Athletics. Hey, well, he's, he's Bill James. I'm Alex Seinert. Cassie Niles is our producer. Big thanks to everybody that makes this podcast possible. Until next week, this has been the Bill James Podcast. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.